The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix or at bellford.com. Verizon Wireless, this is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Canción Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the mask, whether on the ice or in line, we are the Valley's headquarters for all of your hockey needs. Check us out at BehindTheMask.com. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized shower shoes and koozies at IcetimeHockeySW.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Zach Bondurant. All right, welcome in, hockey fans. Anywhere you may be listening to us live on the Podbean app, this is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, brought to you by the D Las Vegas, our brand new partner, and so thankful to have them on board. Had a great time uh, visiting there. And just to give you a little insight, we will be there in January. We will be there in February to do some live shows from both the D and the Circa Resort and Casino. So look forward to that going on. Scott Strandy joining you and uh, in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona, where it's cooling off a whole bunch. And uh, my co-host joining me from Chandler, Arizona, Zach Bondurant, where I know he's cool and chilly and enjoying it. Am I right, Zach? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but uh, but according to Paul, it's uh, it's not even close to what he's got going on over there and on Long I on Long Island. So I mean, I'll I'll take our weather any day over that. So well, 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 here's the thing with Paul. He's got that big palatial estate to roam around and occasionally gets his nose outside and and maybe comes back <laughs> in or he walks the dog or something. But yeah, he's he's got it tough. Uh, Zach, this is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, as we always do. We're inching closer, I believe, to an NHL uh, season. But tonight, we got a great guest that's going to join us here in about 15 minutes or so, probably 12 minutes or so, um, from ESPN. Chris Peters is going to join us, and we're going to talk World Juniors, and we're going to talk NHL prospects. And um, I know you always love to put your GM hat on, so maybe... Chris is going to be challenged a little bit by some of the prospects that you want to see brought in here or see how they develop. I like it. Yeah, no, it's definitely one of my favorite parts is is the business aspects of everything that goes on in hockey, player development, drafting, um, where they, you know, where they choose to play. Uh, and the World Juniors is such a big part of that because you have uh, draft eligible, eligible kids uh, playing. You have uh, – players that have already been drafted. Um, there is, I believe, for for the Canada team, there is one player that has not been drafted. And of all of them, I believe all those players were drafted in the first round. So um, Team Canada is going to be a really interesting uh, team to watch this year. Uh, I'll be very interested to pick uh, our guest brain as to is does anybody have a fighting chance against this Canadian team um, well, but yeah this is definitely one of the best parts I know one thing uh, Canada dearly wants this to, 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 to go off without a hitch uh, in this COVID era that we're in and it's being played in Edmonton slash Red Deer Alberta so uh, they've done it before with the NHL. It was very, very successful there. I know the teams have arrived. I know that they're uh, going through their quarantine, and then they get to go into the bubble if everybody gets through those COVID tests. So uh, these are young men, uh, but they're still you know, susceptible to things. So hopefully everybody traveled there safely, and everybody's going to be off to a good start. We'll get into that in just a minute. Um, uh the, the Coyotes continue to add guys to their uh, front office and their coaching staff, so that's kind of cool. Um, the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are still swirling in rumors about what they're going to do with their, their cap space issue. 
And, uh, of course, everybody's talking about the Colorado Avalanche and what they're going to do and uh, how they're going to do it because they're they're comfortable, right? They're just ready to get playing some hockey games. Yeah, the uh, it's kind of funny because usually what happens is the word around town now is if Joe Sackick is calling you, just hang up because he just – he can he can pick the players that he needs, and you never knew that they were as good as the as they are, and they're right under your own roof. And um, yeah, I mean he's got the cap space um, to make some moves. So I think if he's not calling those teams, uh, teams will be calling him. And yeah, Vegas, uh, we've we talked about it many times on the show. They've got to clear some cap space, and. Pacioretty is the one that's the biggest name swirling out there. Um, I've heard rumors of a couple other guys, and and Marc-Andre Fleury, of course, was another one, but we've been told from the owner that he wants to keep him. So you don't know if well, anything's we, changed. <laughs> we've been told from the owner that he's going to keep everybody and add people. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So so you don't know if things have changed. I mean, he's definitely a businessman, and he knows, he knows what cards to play when. So, um well, he's yeah, also pretty I, confident that his team's going to raise the Stanley Cup at the end of this year. Uh, he's already made yeah. that bold statement out there, but he's expecting no, nothing less from Bill Foley. So, um, yeah, and, and like I said, the Coyotes continue to add to their staff. They added a, a video guy now, so uh, that that's a good thing, I guess. they got they got to put everything together, and we'll see how it all comes together. But the latest rumor is January 13th. Um, I'm sure our guests will have some thoughts on that too, but – I honestly, Zach, don't know how they can pull that off. But, um, I mean, you're talking four weeks away right now, and you got to get teams in. I, I was talking the other night um, to somebody, and I said, I, I don't know how you're going to pull that off because think of the teams that didn't go to the bubble, didn't go to the playoffs, didn't get a chance to play. Think how long they've been sitting around and will need some training camp time to get their legs back under them, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I'm sure that's a conversation that the NHLPA and, and the players are having with the NHL officials. And, um, yeah, I, but I also think that those, those players that have been sitting around for a while, um, that they are ready to go. And th- this kind of hurry up and wait scenario, they're kind of fed up with it, would be my guess. I mean, I know that. When one season ended for hockey, I was pretty much ready to go to the next season already after a day of it being completed. So, um, I mean, if if, if these professionals, uh, if they feel any way similar, then um, I think they're ready to go, honestly. And I'm sure you're going to – you may have to have a few guys <laughs> play, into, play into game shape, but I don't know. I, I, I think it's possible, but it could be challenging. Let me tell you this. I agree with you 100% that they're ready to play. They were ready to play, like you said, about a week after the season ended because they're competitors. That's what they want to do. Now I'll tell you from the training uh, aspect of it and the trainers, um, they're going to say we need X amount of time to get these guys in game shape or we're going to go through uh, hamstrings and groins and all these other types of injuries that are soft, uh, soft tissue type issues that they don't want to have. So to rush them out there seems a little bit ridiculous. I know that a lot of the players, or at least I was told, a lot of the players were told to uh, go back to their home cities and prepare. So um, I- I'm sure they're professionals, right? They've all gone through it. But we talked to Brinson Passion a couple of weeks ago, and when I was talking to Brinson, he was like, yeah, it's unusual because I don't know what to do with myself. Uh, I don't know if I should be doing three days a week or where I should be at, and I'm getting some feedback from San Jose, but uh, San Jose doesn't really know because they can't tell us for sure when we're when we're going to report to a camp. But anyway, uh, the long-winded end of that was uh, Bill Foley spilled the beans that uh, January 13th was going to be the start date. Uh, I think the AHL is still holding to February 5th, but um, who knows? We'll find out. That's uh, – that may be something that, that Chris Peters will be able to tell us when we get him on here in just a couple of minutes. So that's what we're looking forward to. Uh, the uh, uh, IIHF World Junior Championships, as I said, held in Edmonton and Red Deer this year. Uh, game start Christmas Day, uh, I believe, and, and Chris will tell us that, I'm sure, as well, that everybody is there and everybody got their 
safely, but it's uh, going through the quarantine procedures and all that good stuff. But uh, games will continue right up until the 5th of January. And all of our NCAA teams, Zach, are, are curious to see uh, when, especially the Big Ten, when they're going to lay out their schedule for the second half because none of them, especially the University of Minnesota, does not want to be playing without some of their guys that are in the World Juniors. So I can't see the second half of the Big Ten schedule starting any sooner than than the 8th or uh, so of, of uh, January because they got to get those guys back and then what's going to be the quarantine procedure for them and all that. Yeah, I mean, but that seems kind of ridiculous. Like, other teams are going through it too. I I don't know. That's my first reaction. I mean, if you look at the defense for the U.S., it's pretty heavy Big Ten, and I get that. But you also have two guys from North Dakota, possibly their two best defensemen in Sanderson and, and, and Kelvin. Um, so I I understand they like the Big Ten may want to like stall out a little bit, but ah, man, I. I personally, as a coach, I really wouldn't want to because, one, you get some reps in with some players. Uh, you got to get to see what they're made of. And, two, you don't lose the momentum, especially Minnesota. They're on eight, they're on eight-game win streak. I don't see why they would want to lose that momentum. So, I don't know. That's just my initial thought. Um, but, I mean, that's kind of something that seems kind of like a weird hesitation for them to, to play after that because all these – all teams are going through it and they're going to continue right on. Well, I don't know if you heard my rant on last night's show yet, but um, uh, it started, I started Pat Micheletti into it. And then when we got done with our conversation, uh, I just couldn't wait till the end of the show to, to, to get my final rant in. But uh, the NCHC put out a full schedule. Uh, they know that it might change. They know that there might have to be some adjustments but the Big Ten put up the first half of the season. You can't tell me, and, and Pat agreed with me on this, you can't tell me that they don't know when they're going to play. And uh, the problem that I got on my rant on was that uh, if people want to know. If you want to keep interest in the game, uh, you got to at least put that schedule out there. If you have to adjust it, you have to adjust it. But you got to say something because people, especially here in Arizona and in other markets, are wondering – What's going on with the second half of the season? I have a couple of parents that asked me if I knew anything about when the second half of the season was going to start for them. So that that's my my soapbox. I'll, I'll get back on it again tomorrow night on the College Hockey Southwest weekly show. But tonight it's all about professional hockey. We're going to take a two-minute break, and we're going to come back with our special guest, the uh, one of the staff writers from ESPN. And we're gonna, I'm going to dig into him a little bit about this, about – Uh, this little thing he has on Twitter about potentially a free agent. So we'll get into that with Chris Peters in two minutes. We've all been there. We know what kind of gift to get someone, but sometimes it can be too hard to make sure that the gift is the right size or style. So we shrug our shoulders and try to think of something else. Well, if that person is the hockey player in your life, the answer is easy. A gift certificate or a gift card to Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Whether you go to any of our Three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com, our gift cards are the perfect solution. Sports equipment, especially hockey equipment, has to feel right to the user. And the Behind the Mask gift card allows you to show the player how much you care and lets them pick out what's right for them whether we're talking about sticks, gloves, skates, or more. Pick one up today at any of our Behind the Mask locations in Gilbert, Peoria, or Scottsdale, or at BehindTheMask.com. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, Futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from 
Scottsdale, Arizona, my co-host, Zach Bondurant from Chandler, Arizona. And I'm not sure where our guest is joining us from. We'll find out in a minute. But we're bringing on uh, the ESPN writer for uh, NHL Prospects and uh, doing a lot of stuff with the World Juniors right now. An extremely busy man. We appreciate his time. Chris Peters is joining us right now. Uh, Chris, if we have you on there, we'll have you tap one of those uh, green call-in buttons that are open. And we got you live and and, uh, ready to chat. As we wait uh, to get Chris on board live, um, you know, we, we talk hockey all the time, but uh, the World Juniors is something really special. So uh, it, it's really a thrill for me, Zach, and I'm sure it is for you as well to bring on a guy like Chris that's so knowledgeable in what's going on uh, in the hockey world, especially the junior world. I think we have him. Chris Peters, are you with us? I'm, I'm here. How are you guys uh, doing? Uh, we're doing great. You got Scott and Zach with you. Uh, I'm going to tip the curtain a little bit, pull it back, and, and let people know that uh, social media is awesome because I reached out to you, and uh, and you responded, and, and I'm thrilled to have you on because I don't know if there's anybody more knowledgeable in NHL prospects and uh, the World Juniors than yourself. So thank you so much for joining us, and uh, how are you? Well, I, I appreciate the compliment. I'm doing well. Uh, you know, it's uh... – it's the best time of the year. You know, I think this is uh, typically the, the time where I'm outside of the draft, uh, you know, the, the busiest and most active. But, uh, yeah, any chance I get to talk World Juniors, uh, I'm, I'm game. So, uh, yeah, so thanks for having me on. Okay, let me fill you in a little bit on what we do. We do four podcasts. We do uh, College Hockey Southwest Live on Sunday nights, Professional Hockey for the Southwest on Monday nights, College Hockey Southwest Weekly Tuesdays, and then we do a club hockey show on Wednesdays. So uh, we're all about talking hockey. We cover from Denver to uh, the Pacific Ocean, basically. But uh, uh, when when I saw what was going on, uh, this crazy COVID year, Tell us a little bit about how things are going for the teams going that arrived in Edmonton. And I think everybody's there now, correct? Yeah, yeah. all the teams arrived late last night. At, 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 you know, basically everybody got in yesterday. Um, all the players immediately went into their own hotel rooms uh, to basically be in isolation for the next four days. They can't leave the room. Uh, meals will be brought to them. Um, and so uh, they will be tested. As far as we know, they, they couldn't even board the flight without uh, a clear test before the flight departed. So uh, we're, we're reasonably, uh, you know, we reasonably believe that, that everybody is, is healthy. Um, but, you know, as, as we've seen over the course of this week is that there have been a number of positives that have popped up. Um, in various camps, including the U.S. camp, uh, unfortunately, at the last you know, the last day, essentially, um, and uh, you can only take. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter how many precautions you take, as we've seen throughout throughout this whole period of time. Coronavirus has, has reared its ugly head um, enough times to let us know that 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 it's not necessarily uh, always 100% safe. So we're hopeful, obviously, uh, but yeah, but the teams are in Canada, and that's you know half the battle at this point. And now they just have to hope that uh, they can get through with, with clear tests the rest of the way. Well, I'm going to let Zach jump in with some questions here in a minute. But my, my driving question to you is, uh, are you going or are you there or are you staying put? I am not going. Um, I am not allowed to go. Um, the uh, only journalists that will be on site are Canadian citizens and or rights holders, so TV people that – that work for the TV networks that have the rights for the tournament. So um, basically, I, I live. I actually live in Iowa, um, which is not necessarily the uh, the hockey hotbed of the United States, but um, uh, that's where I live. And my, uh, you know, so I'm not able to to travel to that. This is the, you know, I've been to the last three World Juniors uh, for ESPN and won't be going to this one, uh, which is unfortunate. But at the same time. You know, I'm not like, super eager to travel as 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 it's a spike and everything else, and and pretty much uh, unless you were part of the tournament and tested and were in the protocol, you have to quarantine for 14 days upon entry to Canada. Um, which you know, I, I wasn't going to add 14 days to what is essentially you know a 12 a 12 day tournament. Um, so uh, no thank you on that one anyway. So uh, I did not mind being barred. <laughs> 
from uh, did not mind being barred from the uh, from the tournament. But yeah, so uh, I will be covering it, uh, watching on TV, which is actually how I used to do it when in my old blogging days. So uh, that's fine by me. There you go. So, Chris, we know that you are kind of uh, the, I guess, prospect ex-aficionado, the prospect expert for the NHL is what we'll call you. Um, so within the, the World Juniors going on, we know that there's a lot of, of players who have been drafted already. Uh, prior to you jumping on, I, I was mentioning that Team Canada has every single player except for one goalie was drafted into an NHL team, and I believe all of them were first-round picks to add on top of that. Um, so with that being said, does anybody have a fighting chance against Canada, or is there some uh, another team that you think may have some uh, uh, some hidden weapons that they can, they can pull out for Canada? Yeah, well, I think Canada certainly is the best team on paper. Um, they don't have the strongest goaltending uh, based mm-hmm. on the rest of the teams, but I mean, when you add an NHL player, Kirby Doc, who was fantastic in the bubble in Edmonton during the playoffs for the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, that, that's, uh, that's tough on a lot of other teams. Um, there will be some other players in this tournament that, that have NHL experience, which is good to have, but, um, but no, not, a, not a full-blown NHL player like Kirby Doc uh, last year, but you know, so I, I think Canada is certainly the deepest team. But the thing about the World Juniors is, is, you know, no matter how good your team is, there's always a risk of, of you, know, you know, you lose that wrong game. Um, and that's the, you know, once you get to the single elimination portion of the tournament, it, it's a very difficult tournament to win, um, no matter who you are. Now, uh, I think back to 2012 uh, or 2013, Rather, uh, when the tournament was anew for Russia, and and, and the the uh, the Canadians had Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who was essentially a full blown NHL player. They had like Dylan Strom, and um, you know uh, an incredible roster of talent um, at that tournament because the NHL lockout um, allowed you know basically them to bring NHL players, and and they had the best team on paper. The U.S. had a really good team though too. They had guys like Seth Jones, Dick Truba. Uh, you know, Alex Galchenyuk was, was exceptional on that team, Johnny Goudreau. So, you know, that was a pretty good team, too. Um, but, you know, I think that Canada was the odds-on favorite, and then the U.S. ended up blowing them out in the semifinals that year. So uh, it's just – it's such a strange tournament. So, I, I mean, it's really anybody – anybody still can win. I think Canada's the favorite, but, you know, you look at Russia, and they have Yaroslav Askarov in, in net, and then the U.S. has Spencer Knight, and those are the two best goaltending prospects in the world right now it seems um and and so you know with, with the exception of maybe Igor Shosturkin who's with the New York Rangers you know, those two guys are are, are among the se- exceptional young goaltenders and they can be the difference those are the types of guys that can can win you a tournament we've seen goalies carry teams before um and, and so that's the possibility so this is a really long-winded way of saying um that that, that Canada is the favorite but not guaranteed to win I, I'd say that uh, particularly the U.S. and, and Russia uh, are probably the teams that, that have the best rosters to threaten Canada. And I'll actually jump in, correct myself. It's 20 players on the Canada roster that were taken in the first round, but still, that's yeah, that's, that's, that's a, still a lot. <laughs> yeah, still that's a lot. still a lot to have. <laughs> so you think that that goaltending is going to be the the very key? I mean, obviously, it's such an important position. It's the quarterback, if you will, of of the, the team um, and you think uh, Spencer Knight and Scaroff are going to be those, those backbones that could really anchor those teams potentially to take an upset over Canada. I, I they certainly have the capability. I think Askarov has done it before, you know, he, he single-handedly beat Canada at the Holenka Gretzky cup last year. Um, you know, that, that Russian team was not great. Um, and they, they were badly outshot, I think like close to three to one in that game and, and Askarov stole it. And, and he, he did the same thing to the U S team at the world under 18 championship. You know, he, he, he had, uh, Jack Hughes, Cole Caulfield, Trevor Zegers, Alex Turcotte, and Matt Boldy come in on him in a shootout. Those three guys, those five guys went, uh, in the top 15, Spencer Knight was at the other end of the, of the ice, they, and Russia won the shootout one nothing. So, you know, and Eskarov basically stole that game as well. So 
um, he has that capability. You know, I think that's one thing that may be the separating factor between him and Spencer Knight is I think that Askarov has a better track record of winning the big game. Um, uh, Spencer Knight has the just – he's just such a consistent, smooth, smart goaltender that he's just always very good. And he, it's usually – you know, you're usually not going to beat him easily. Uh, but he doesn't have as many – of those wins under his belt, like Askarov does, you know, who's, who's been a highly decorated goaltender from a young age and, and really one of the best goaltending prospects that I've personally seen since I've been doing this. Um, and people keep, you know, like, what about Carter Hart? What about John Gibson? And, uh, you know, all the uh, Andre Vasilevsky. And I, you know, it's like, Hey, I saw them all. I, you know, I, I, I respect what they've done in their careers. They're, they're awesome, awesome goalies. Uh, I've never seen a, a goalie at, at Askarov's age play the position the way that he does, and, and that's just the way it is. So I, I think that of the two goaltenders, uh, you know, Askarov, who didn't have a great World Juniors last year, right, when he didn't get many opportunities, this is his net now, and he knows it, and Russia knows it, and I, I think he's going to seize that opportunity. Okay, so as I mentioned earlier, uh, Chris, the World Junior Championships are being held in uh, Edmonton slash Red Deer, uh, they had a little practice with COVID and bubbles with the uh, the NHL bubble. So uh, your thoughts on, on how that's going to all play out? Uh, I know it's kind of a, just a guess at this point, but uh, I'm guessing you feel pretty comfortable with Canada being able to handle this. I do. I think the hardest part, the, the hardest part was always going to be getting there. Um, and so I, 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 one thing that happened this week that I wasn't super pumped about um, and nor should anybody be is, is the way the travel situation was handled, uh, essentially, you know, and uh, believe me, I fully understand the amount of the cost that it takes to get teams to Canada from overseas. Um, and especially when you want to charter them in, but they basically had Russia, a plane pick up the Russian team. The Russian team then went to Finland and picked up Finland and Sweden and they all came over together and there was an issue with, <laughs> with all the planes. So like, you know, we're talking packed in there and they also had media from the, the TV rights holders from Sweden, Russia, and Finland in that plane as well. And I don't know whether or not they were held to the same protocols that everybody else was um, because the players had to be in their bubble, their respective bubbles with their teams by December 6th. And so they basically had a week where they were practicing, but isolated. Um, so, you know, so that's what I'm nervous for now is will we see any positives come out? Now, Canada, also the, 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 the other concern is that Canada's camp was supposed to be in a bubble in Red Deer. The bubble burst. They had two players come up positive. They had, they had, they had a staff member come up positive. Um, they had, you know, they had to put the entire team in quarantine for 14 days. And that just shows that it's really unpredictable. I do feel comfortable because of, you know, once they get past all the testing. But, you know, then you start worrying about, you know, we had Sweden had four coaches test positive in their camp. You know, and, and who's to say that that wasn't transmitted among the other players and is, is, is quietly going through the team right now. I'm still shocked that they made it there at all. They had to add their U18 coach. I mean, it's been an absolute mess. And unfortunately for Sweden, they also had to lose several key players, uh, guys that I think would have played a really important role, including Carl Hendrickson, who's a, a draft pick of the New York Rangers, and William Eklund, who's draft eligible this year. They're not able to play in this tournament. Those are two massive losses for that team. So we're seeing a diminished Sweden come into the tournament. Now, they still have a chance to win just based on the fact that they've got a lot of talent and had a really deep roster. But, I mean, this, these are the things that we have to consider. And so the World Juniors, everything, I, I mean, I'm, I obviously want the tournament to happen, but I want it to be done properly and I want it to be, uh, you know, as safe as it can possibly be. And, and the early portion of this whole process has not given me a lot of confidence. So uh, I am hopeful, but very cautious, cautiously hopeful. Yeah, and I mean a lot of those a lot of those players coming over from Russia, Sweden. Um, I forget the other team that you had said that they kind of bust in with over on the plane. Uh, there's a lot of talent on those rosters, and with those, I mean, 
uh, brings up another, I think, really interesting point going back to the draft. Um, and I'm looking at the, the prospect pools, and I'm curious to see which team you think has the best prospect pool to to kind of make a, a quick rebuild turnaround, however you want to call it. But which team do you think has that strongest pool to, to get going? Uh, in the NHL? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think it's the, between the Los Angeles Kings and the New York Rangers. I think they have the two, you know, deepest and most talented prospect pools. And if I, you know, if I were to rank them, I would put the, the Kings first. Um, and okay. I think that comes mostly because of the, the the amount of talent that they have, the depth in the different positions that they're able to fill. Um, you know, they, they have, they have some exceptional talent that, you know, it, it starts with the guy they just picked second overall in Quentin Byfield, who I thought was far and away the number two, you know, I thought that he had, a, he had a reasonable case to challenge Alexi Lafreniere. I, I don't think that you, you make that pick given how good Lafreniere was this year, but Byfield certainly, uh, has tremendous upside. And I think that he's the crown jewel and future of that organization and will be a superstar for them in due time. Um, but then you also have Alex Turcott, you have Arthur Kalia, Tobias Bjornfoot, uh, you, you've got uh, Kale Clegg, uh, you know, there's there's a number of players, Tyler Madden, who they traded for, and then the Tyler Toffoli trade, like, they've just added and added and added, um, you know, and I, I mean, that, that doesn't even mention, like, Gabe Bullardi, who, who overcame a ton of injuries, and was a super talented player. Um, you know, there, there's just so much in their system right now uh, from a skills skill standpoint. I mean, they're going to have nine players at the World Junior Championship this year. Yeah. Um, nine prospects that made rosters, and, and, it, and that just is one indication. You know, I think you know, Bjorn Foot could potentially be a captain of that team someday. I mean, he's, he's been a captain of Sweden. He's a super mature defenseman. You know, last year in the preseason, he, he, he was playing minutes with Drew Doughty, who, who couldn't say enough good things about him. Um, you know, there are just so many different players in that system that are going to make an impact down the road. They've, they've stockpiled first-round draft picks. They've stockpiled second-round draft picks. And they've made really good picks. Um, you know, so USA's top line is going to have Alex Turcotte and Arthur Kalia together on that line, or at least we expect that's, that's kind of what's, what was uh, going in camp. They'll have Anaheim Ducks prospect Trevor Zegers on the wing as well. And, um, you know, that's just, it's going to be fun to watch. Byfield's going to be a big part of Canada. Bjornfoot's probably, you know, probably going to wear a letter or maybe be the captain for, for, for Sweden. Um, you know, so, I mean, these are guys that are going to play substantial roles in the tournament. And uh, I, I think that that's a great, going to be a great showcase for that prospect pool. Um, but then you also look at the Rangers and they've got Lafreniere, Keandre Miller, Vitaly Kravtsov, Igor Shosturkin, who I mentioned earlier, just, you know, arguably the best goalie prospect in hockey outside of Askarov and, and, and Knight. And uh, it's just, it's, it's been an incredible time for those two teams. Obviously, you know, they were playing for a Stanley Cup not that long ago against each other um, and uh, have had to go through some lean years, but, but really not too bad. And they're, they're, right, they're right back where they want to be, I think, in, in the next couple of years here. Yeah, and okay. then you had mentioned Velarde. Sorry, Scott, I have one more question just to piggyback. Yeah, go ahead, follow it up. Um, so... Scott likes to call me the resident GM because I love the aspect of, of prospects and, and trades and, and the business side of it. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily true because some of the stuff I come up with is pretty off the wall. But you had mentioned Velarde and a pick that was made in 2017, um, who I think the Kings were were expecting to be um, – I don't want to put words in their mouth because, like you said, they had a lot of injuries. But I think they were expecting a little bit more progression being the 11th pick. Now, when I look at the roster and the prospects, and like you said, they've, they've got nine prospects going into the Royal Juniors, and they're just loaded. The one thing I see missing is a goaltender. Do you think packaging somebody like Velarde uh, with some picks – um, could maybe fill that hole, or, or or do you see them going to the draft and kind of sitting sitting where they're at right now? Yeah, you know they have some they have some interesting goalie prospects. They have some guys with some upside. Um, think of like Lucas Parikh, who will be in the uh, in the World Juniors uh, for the Czech Republic. Um, you know they, they have some options. Um, I I think you know I think that Velarde has too much value, and and 
you know, you look at the injuries, and last year he, you know, he he came back and he he had really good numbers in the AHL. You know, he 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 did really well in NHL games that he got. I mean, and and this is a guy that you know a lot of people were wondering if he'd ever even play again. Um, I, I think that there's still a lot of value to him in the system. Um, they're obviously familiar with him. Uh, and, and whether or not he starts in the NHL or in the AHL this this season, um, you know, I think that he's going to be too important. So I, I think the goaltending market is so volatile. Um, and, you know, Jonathan Quick still has time on his contract. You know, we, we all know that he's not, not the Jonathan Quick of the Stanley Cup years. Um, you know, I think Cal Peterson, who's in their system, you know, has potential. Is he is he a number one? Probably not. But you know, I think that he's he's a stopgap if nothing else. Um, yeah. and, and you have time to develop and or seek out goalies in free agency or a trade. But I think that's one of those pieces that you know, unless you're finding an Askarov or a Knight, you know, you're not you're not necessarily looking for your starter in the draft because it's just really hard to predict that. Um, so you're going to develop the guys that you have, and then you're also going to maybe keep an eye out on the free agency market and, and certainly on the trade market as well. But I don't think that you're going to mortgage much of, of, of the future assets that you have. Um, and I think that, you know, based on the progression that Velarde had last year, I, I don't, I don't see the need to move him though. It's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I just don't think that it's, it's worth it at this point. Gotcha. All right, so so we broke into the prospect part of it. So if you don't mind, Chris, I want to ask you a couple of questions about our professional teams, and I'm going to give you the most difficult one, or maybe it isn't uh, first. But the Arizona Coyotes have uh, really had an unusual uh, last decade, but it even got more <laughs> unusual this last year. And when we saw the prospects uh, of the draft, and they had really not many options. And I'm going to start off with the toughest question of all, probably. But uh, Mitchell Miller was selected, and then they denounced his rights. Uh, we all know what happened on that. But uh, if you can, kind of give us something to hold on to for the Arizona Coyotes and the prospects. I know Barrett Hayton's playing overseas right now and, and Victor Soderstrom. But uh, how do the prospects list look for the Coyotes, and how will they get back to uh, playoff uh, relevance? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think he's. I mean, <laughs> um, well, I mean, you know, it's tough. It's tough, and I think I'm I'm a big Barrett Hayton believer. I think that he's got a lot of potential, and 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 I think that you know I I was super skeptical of the pick. Um, I think in hindsight, it's it's not you know given some of the guys that went after him. Um, you know, I I think you know Quinn Quinn Hughes is going to be pretty good um, <laughs> if he isn't already. You know, those those are the kind of ones that you're like, oh boy, you know, you, you worry about. But I think Barrett Hayden was, a, you know, is, is going to be a fine player and, and a good 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 guy to, to kind of have in the system. I think you know Victor Soderstrom was another one. Thought it was a reach at the time. Still kind of think it was a reach, but I still think that I think that he's better than I thought he was in his draft year. Excellent mobility. Just the feet are phenomenal. Um, you know, he can make plays. His numbers, you know, in the Al Spenskin this year, not necessarily inspiring, but I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see what he's going to do at the World Junior Championship in a more expanded role uh, this year. I think he's a heady defenseman and, and, and can make plays, you know. But then there are, there are guys in the system that have popped late and, and that have really, you know, kind of are guys that, that you could look forward to. I think Matthias Michelli is a guy that, that you know, has played in Finland and, you know, in the USHL, he he was one of the top players in that league. I didn't necessarily see like uh, a super high end offensive player, and then he you know he went to the World Juniors last year and absolutely lit it up for Finland. He played great in the pro ranks there, and he's he's having a phenomenal season again this year. He's even better in terms of scoring this season. So so that's a guy to look forward to. Jan Yannick, who unfortunately uh, got injured at last year's World Junior Championship, was in the middle of a just a tremendous season. And had really, you know, advanced his game uh, to the point where, you know, suddenly he's he's a guy that you're like, wow, we we, we have something here. Uh, I think he's an excellent playmaker, good vision. Um, and and uh, until he got hurt at, at the World Juniors last year, he was making things happen for the Czech Republic. And, and uh, he's a guy that that opened my eyes to his possibilities as well. So I mean, it, it's not a barren system. You know, it's 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 certainly not deep. 
not having a first round draft pick last year, not having a first round, you know, you, you know, when you go years without a first round draft pick, when you're not picking until the fourth round, and then you have to renounce your picks rights, you know, you're you're in tough you're in a tough situation. The good news is, you know, Bill Armstrong uh, has has been building a staff that is is very strong on the draft. You know, I think one of the biggest hires that he made was Daryl Plandowski from uh, from Tampa Bay Lightning, and I mean, this is a guy that has huge respect throughout the industry. Um, you know, has has had a, made a habit of of finding players in the later rounds of the draft. You know, working as an understudy to Al Murray, who's the head scout for for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and maybe you know, maybe one of the best scouts in the game um, in terms of you know the, what he's been able to turn around for Tampa Bay. Those are all real positive things that that you can hold on to. Um, and, and I think that you know, Bill Bill Armstrong made his bones in in the draft, and 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 is you know. This first one under him obviously is a different situation. He wasn't supposed to be involved and in, and in everything else. But you know, you have him, you have Plandowski, Ryan Jankowski, who who was a head scout for Hockey Canada for a while, and you know has had some success in the draft as well uh, at various stops. You know that that's a really experienced crew that will. It, it's not going to be quick, but it, but they will help rebuild that system. Okay, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna leave the last one, uh, the Avalanche for Zach, because that's his. Uh, that's his domain. But I, I'm gonna ask you about the Vegas Golden Knights because, well, the Coyotes are gonna take some time, and it won't be quick, as you said. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, who uh, who's kind of been my domain since they came into the league, uh, Bill Foley from the very start has not been very patient. He wants to win, and he wants to win. Now, and he wants to win every year, which <laughs> I think everybody does, but he's a little more outspoken about it. So uh, give us a quick rundown, if you can, about the Vegas Golden Knights and what they have in the cupboard. Yeah, you know, it's kind of amazing what they were able to build through their first few drafts and and to, to, to have found so many. I mean, particularly their first draft, where they basically, you know, they had three first-round picks, obviously traded two of them in, in massive deals that, that did help the team. Um, but then you also have, you know, Cody Glass. It's, you know, I, I, I thought I've been thinking that Nick Suzuki was going to end up being the best pick of that draft for them. Um, obviously, what we saw with him in, in Montreal last year was really impressive. Uh, but I think Cody Glass is a fine player and he'll be he'll be able to, uh, you know, take some steps uh, after, you know, kind of the long off season here and gaining strength. Well, well he's 20 pounds heavier, Chris. I don't know if you heard I, that. I, but... I did see that as long as he, as long as he, as long as he's not skating in cement, we should be all right. So, uh, yeah, but you know, he's, so he's got, he's got that opportunity to, to, to take a big step forward. You know, they had drafted Nick Hague. They signed Zach Whitecloud as a, as a undrafted free agent. Um, you know, Jack Dugan was a late round pick in that first draft and he was one of the most prolific scorers in college hockey last year. You know, so they have plenty there, and obviously, you know, you think about Peyton Krebs and 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 a whole bunch of other players that they brought into their system in a really short amount of time, and, and it does seem like prospects are filler for trades that these for this team. Um, it's not going to be able to be like that under a flat cap. You need players on entry level contracts, so you're going to have to, you know, give guys like Zach Whitecloud a, a better opportunity. You know, and and he showed in the playoffs last year that he's ready for that opportunity. Um, you know, you, you try to get the most out of the guys that you have. Um, we're going to get an eyeful of Peyton Krebs, who I thought was fine last season and, you know, rehabbing from, from the Achilles injury that he suffered right before the draft when he, when he managed to go in the first round. And then you look, uh, USA has Brendan Brisson, and, and I thought that in terms of late round, late first round value, Brisson was an easy pick there for Vegas because he has a, a, a tremendous scoring ability, uh, high-end skill. He's playing at the University of Michigan. Um, you know, put up tons of points in the USHL last season. Um, I think he's got quite a bit of a development ahead of him. I think that there's more for him to get to, and he needs to get quicker and, and needs to do a couple of things uh, just to continue developing. But I mean, that's a pretty it's a pretty darn good uh, crop that they've built, you know, from scratch. And uh, you know, I think the first year of getting getting uh, stockpiling draft picks has really paid off for them. Yeah, and we had seen that uh, similarly with with Joe Sackick and what he had done. Um, I think the biggest move was the Duchesne trade that uh, brought back, I think, eight or nine pieces. Um, and when you look at that roster, they've got a lot of guys that are going to be uh, not as many as the Kings, but a lot of guys that are going to be in the World Juniors. 
Um, I think if anything, the consensus is among the experts would be the goaltending is something that is uh, on paper where they may lack. Do you feel that that is the biggest weak point? And if so, uh, do you think Grubauer and Franzos are going to maybe make a push this season? Because they, they weren't so bad in the bubble. They just had points of injuries and, and having to go to, to their backups. But do you think they'll be able to make that push and show uh, that they are they are a good tandem? Yeah, I think I think they'll be okay. I mean, I, I, I think that, that that is certainly the weak point of the team, but it, it, but it, I just feel like they're going to score so many darn goals next year. It's probably not going to matter. And, <laughs> And, you know, and, and also in terms of prospect pipeline, they do have a goalie of the future, I think. Um, he, he needs more development. He needs to just continue to round out his game and, and just, you know, get stronger and, and, and everything. But Eustace Noonan is, uh, is one of the more interesting goalie prospects. He's a huge figure in the net. He, he beat the U.S. last year in the quarterfinals. Without him, they don't win that game. Um, and and he's been an absolute monster in, in pro play this season and, and and for last season, and so I think that's a guy that you that I'm looking at to say hey maybe in the future you know the two guys that you have now are just holding the spot for him. Um, it's going to take a little while for him to get there, but but then you also look at some of the other options that they're going to have for for the ABS and, and guys on entry level contracts that are going to come in and make an impact this year. Uh, to help that team, and you know, I think you know, there's a chance that Bowen Byram will, will get a get a look after the World Juniors and, and have a chance to make the team. Um, you know, obviously, I think that you want to see, uh, you know, what happens uh, with. Uh, um, gosh, now I'm just blanking on on what I was going to say, but um, you know, Baron, the other the other defenseman they took. Yeah, Baron. I mean, Baron yeah, I like Baron a lot. Um, I think that he he you know he dropped a little bit. He could he would have gone higher if not for some of the health issues that he had this year. Um, I yeah. was late to the party and throwing him up, but you know throwing him up my draft board. Uh, but you know I had him early in the beginning of the season, and I dropped him because of the health stuff. And then you know it turned out that everything got cleared. You know it, he's he's going to be be outstanding. Um, you know, and, and I think Alex Newhook, who won't be available this season, he's been at Boston College. Um, really came on strong. You know, I think he's developing into a top 15 prospect in, in the whole league right now, um, sure. maybe even closer to top 10. And uh, and that was, you know, a great value pick in the draft where you also get Bowen Byron. So uh, a lot to look forward to on the current roster and a lot to look forward to coming down the pipeline. I think that Joe Sackick has done a tremendous job of building for the now and building for, for later as well. Yeah, and obviously we had talked about the Rangers, and they have uh, just—I always mess up his name. Shesterkin, yeah, Shesterkin, yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we look—we talked a little bit about the Kings and their goaltending prospects. But as you had said, Noonan—that's a—that's a player that's high on their prospect list. Um, I mean, with everybody else coming down the pipeline, do you think that we're in for a similar? Uh, dynasty. I don't want to jinx it because I am a I am an Abs fan. If any, I'm a hockey fan. If anything, but the Abs are the team I grew up watching. Um, do you think we're in for a little bit of a dynasty like we saw with Chicago? Uh, being that the moves Sackick made, we can only possibly expect more with and plus all the prospects coming in. Yeah, I think I think they are set up for long term contender status. I think they're more in line with what Toronto or with what Tampa built. Um, okay. You know, I think yeah, I think that I think that Tampa. So much of Tampa's team was built from within. They obviously realized after the fact they had to, had to go outside and get more. The, the the Avs have already been in that process for years, where you know you go out and you find veterans, you get an Azam, you get an Azam Kadri, you get you know, players like that, you get the goaltenders that, that are kind of plug-and-play goaltenders. Um, you know, you try to find guys like that. You, then you kind of strike gold with, like, a Burakovsky and, and, and different players of that nature. So they they have they have certainly done that. But now you're going to start building those guys from within, and you're going to have those homegrown talents. You know, the one thing that the Avs didn't do for a really long time was they had they, – they, they basically would get a decent first-round pick usually. Not all the time. They, they've had some, some doozies in, in their years, too. But then they would almost never get players outside of the first round, with the exception of, like, Ryan O'Reilly years ago. Um, yeah. So they were not getting value. 
And, and that's some that can happen. I think that can happen with teams, even the best scouting teams, just you miss on guys. And and so that set them back, but now they're starting to get those guys. And that's that's where I'm kind of starting to, to, to believe that, that this team's gonna be more set up for the for the longer term. I think that they're they're built similarly to uh, Tampa, but they still need to find, you know, the goaltending what Tampa has is they have, you know, they have the core forward. It used to be Stamkos, and then it was Kucherov, and now it might even be Braden Point. And then yeah. they have Hedman, and then they have Vasilevsky. So you need to find, you know, I think that you want to, you know, that that's that's going to be the next thing. And maybe it's a Noonan, maybe it's somebody else coming down the pipeline. Uh, maybe it's, you know, uh, through trade. But I think that's the missing piece in terms of saying, hey, this is a team that's a future dynasty. But, I mean, you've got Nathan McKinnon, you've got Cal McCarr, that's you know two thirds of the way there, and, and that's about as good as you could hope for at this point. It's you got two of the best players in the world at their respective positions. Yeah, and then the remaining oh. defensive puck moving guys are just a headache for anybody else. Sorry, go ahead, Scott. Absolutely. <laughs> I was just gonna say we'll let Chris go on this one because I know I've kept him a little longer than I promised him. But um, when we get back to the uh, World Junior Championships, uh, Chris, and and I look at the schedule, which starts Christmas Day, and um, a couple of things that I think are going to be ironic is I'm looking forward to that that final game of day one with uh, Russia USA. I don't know if you're a hockey fan in the United States how you can't be excited for that matchup whenever, and that's going to kind of kick things off. So that's my Christmas present. But then I look down to the final day of pool play and I see uh, uh, Canada Finland and uh, Sweden USA on on New Year's Eve. And I've, I think about the whole prospects of 2020 and the pandemic, and I'm going like, is there a better way in, in your mind to kick off the start of a new year than having those two games just before the new year? <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are pretty pretty solid. I mean, uh, you know, the interesting thing about that Sweden game is, is Sweden's riding, like, uh, an incredible winning streak in the preliminary round that, you know, will certainly be put to the test this year. But if they're still undefeated uh, for that game against the U.S., it'd be kind of interesting because the last team to beat Sweden in the preliminary round in 2007, I believe, is the last time they lost in the preliminary round. They lost to the U.S. Ooh, so, yes. um, so it could be a bookend situation there. But, but you know, it, it's it's the, the, the way the schedule shook out and obviously having the Christmas Day game, which is unique for this tournament. Um, you know, I think at, at the time we weren't necessarily sure if the NBA would be going at that point. So it was going to be a chance for a really good showcase for the World Juniors. Now we know that NBA is happening. And so that it, it's not going to be as, you know, a, a chance to capture the imaginations of the American sports fan uh, as, as we had hoped. But it's still a great opportunity to showcase two of the best teams in the tournament, uh, two of the best goaltenders in the tournament, and, and I think two teams that are going to play in their super exciting brand of hockey. Um, and, and, and so this World Juniors, assuming it all goes off the ground and we can make it happen, um, and, or they can make it happen. I can't do anything for my own. I hope that uh, I, I really do hope that we have, uh, you know, a, a quality tournament. You know, I, my hope is that we get through it, you know, completely healthy. Uh, and that's, that's all teams. And, and we get that showcase. And, and this will be a great appetizer for the NHL season to come. But, you know, that we think we'll get in mid-January. Um, this, this, there's really no better way to kick off, you know, that, that new year. And I am so, I can't wait to get rid of 2020. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that might as well be the exclamation point for the year. So we'll see how that one goes. Here, here yeah. on that 2020. Get yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Chris, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you jumping on with all the knowledge and all the insight. Uh, give us a plug for what you're doing next with ESPN uh, besides the world juniors and what lies ahead and how can people follow all of your stuff besides me going crazy on you on, uh, on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you will definitely get, hit me up on Twitter. Chris M Peters, uh, is my handle. Chris M Peters. Uh, that's, uh, uh, a lot of world junior stuff there. Um, I'll be working at ESPN until February. Unfortunately, I won't be continuing after that. Um, but, uh, that's, we'll have lots of stuff in the, in between now and then, uh, obviously world junior previews, um, some more prospect rankings and, and, and one last uh, draft ranking, uh, before I hit the road. So, 
uh, plenty there. Uh, but yeah, but thanks for having me on, guys. It's a lot of fun, and uh, I'm really excited to, uh, to talk about juniors. And uh, yeah, this, this was great. So thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming yeah. on. We appreciate it. Absolutely, you're welcome anytime, Chris. And uh, keep us informed of what lies ahead for you personally. And uh, like I said, we we love following your stuff. We can't wait to uh, to see what lies ahead. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Happy holidays. Yeah, you same too. to you. All right, that's Chris Peters from ESPN.com and ESPM, the uh, the main writer for the NHL prospects and the World Junior Tournament. We appreciate him spending some time with us tonight. Uh, Zach and I are going to take another two minute break. Then we're going to come back and wrap up another episode of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. I have a car whose lease is up soon, and I'll be looking around for the best deal that I can get. I have certain parameters that I'm looking for in the next vehicle. For example, I want a car that qualifies for New York State HOV sticker. But being on Long Island won't stop me from taking advice from hockey great Shane Doan, and I'll be checking out Bell Ford and BellFord.com. Bell Ford, the presenting partner of our new season of the Sunday special at IcetimeHockeySW.com, was voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona. So go, shop where Shane Doan shops. Talk to Kevin Wood. Let him know that IcetimeHockeySW.com sent you and let him give you the all-star treatment online or at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Las Vegas. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host is always, Zach Bondran from beautiful Chandler, Arizona. Uh, Zach, uh, just a quick recap on uh, the the conversation with Chris. I mean, so knowledgeable on so many players. I don't know how the guy does it, but he seems to know everything about everybody. Yeah, um, that's a guy I could probably have a three-hour conversation with and still have so much more to talk about. Um, I think we definitely both have a passion for for the prospects and the future of hockey and, and definitely the game itself. But definitely somebody who knows his stuff. Um, even the pronunciations of names astound me. <laughs> um, I finally have a pronunciation for the Avs uh, goalie, Eustace Anunin, which honestly I was way off. So the fact that he knows so much about the players, knows where they're going, um, the pronunciations is what really um, just – makes me sit back in my seat. It's like, how the heck does he keep all those straight? But uh, yeah, definitely a guy that uh, I think any of our listeners, they should definitely 
to check his stuff out. He's phenomenal what he does. Um, his Twitter account, ESPN, he said he was going to be there till February. I have no doubt that he'll find another spot because he is so so phenomenal and his knowledge of the game is is unfleeting. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a pleasure to have him on and, and a phenomenal guest. Well, I'd really like to have him on again uh, during the World Junior, so I'll reach out to him again, see if we can't talk him into coming back uh, once things get underway. The World Junior Championships, Edmonton slash Red Deer, Alberta. Uh, games kick off Christmas Day. Uh, a big one, Russia, USA. Uh, Canada does not play until uh, the day after Christmas. It will be Canada and Germany, and then uh, it'll roll all the way through until the final preliminary game, as we talked about games, I should say. Um, Canada, Finland, followed by Sweden, USA. Uh, is there a better doubleheader uh, on New Year's Eve than that one in the world of uh, junior hockey? Definitely not. I mean, those are some powerhouses. Um, you said Sweden plays USA, and then Finland will play, did you say Russia yeah, or it, Canada? It'll be Canada, Finland at, at uh, I guess, 4 o'clock is what they have okay. at their time. And then 7.30 game, the the – the capper, if you will, of the uh, pool play will be Sweden, USA. So, um, yeah, take some time I mean, to sit down and watch that and don't miss it. Yeah. The only one missing out of those is Russia. And that makes the power five basically for all of hockey. Um, but yeah, those, those two games are going to be phenomenal to watch. Do not miss those. Cause if you want to see the future and if you've got uh, some prospects that are on the team, you can see, see how they play. And yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a treat to finally to finally get some some world junior going. I know it was kind of threatened a little bit, but uh, we're going to cap off 2020 heading into 2021, and uh, we're going to get steamrolling and get back to normal. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, uh, hopefully the uh, the Big Ten. Uh, I'm going to get on my soapbox one last time. Hopefully the Big Ten will get on the ball and get a schedule out, so at least uh, we can look at something because right now we have no clue. And neither yeah. does anybody else. So uh, and, it would and be God very forbid, helpful. And, it, God forbid anything happens and they have to delay and push back some of the world juniors. That just was so what does that push the Big Ten schedule back anymore? But yeah, you and I, <laughs> we're on the same soapbox. So I agree. <laughs> okay. So world juniors start on December 25th. They will go until the 5th of uh, January. That's when they yeah. will all be decided that Tuesday night. And then we'll be back to college hockey. Actually, we'll be, college hockey will start up a little sooner because we have Denver and Colorado College and and uh, Air Force, I think, starting uh, about that same weekend, the 1st and 2nd of uh, January. Yep. So it'll be an exciting time. A professional hockey Southwest Weekly will be here to bring you all the action from the prospects. I thought it was great that he was able to give us a little insight into our uh, three professional NHL teams. Uh, as far as what their cupboards look like, I think we kind of knew it, but it was just reaffirmation, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> which is uh, which is always nice to hear when you you get the uh, the affirmation of a guy as knowledgeable as Chris Peters. So, go ahead and take it away with your read, and we'll say good night with uh, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers and a little De Niro. Right, professional hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Roger Klein's Canción Tequila, ultra smooth, Arizona owned. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. Voted the best Ford dealer in Arizona, Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, is the presenting partner of the Sunday Special. Ask to see our friend Kevin Wood. Tell him Ice Time Hockey SW sent you to see the top selling line of Ford trucks and more. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino. From Fremont Street, the experience of the iconic American Coney Island restaurant, we are more than just a great gaming action. Book your spot at thed.com. Verizon, the 5G and 5G Ultra Band for business that America's been waiting for. Buy summer skates, fall, winter, it doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozie and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the summer skates banner. By Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com, where we can provide all your hockey needs for ice or inline. See the websites or our three value locations for more. Whether it's playoff time or any time, it's always time for the best barbecue in Las Vegas. Call us at 1-702-541-5546 or go to JesseRay'sBarbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, it's all about the butt. By M-Drive, go to mdriveformen.com, use the promo code ICETIMESW at checkout for 20% off. M-Drive for energy, stamina, and recovery. 
the D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, and all the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Resort and Casinos, part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. Again, a big shout out and thank you to uh, Chris Peters with uh, ESPN uh, covering NHL prospects and, of course, the World Juniors. Uh, Great to have Chris on. Thanks to you, my friend, for uh, bringing it all and uh, bringing the knowledge that we need when we talk professional hockey here in the Southwest. We'll say goodnight with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers and a little De Niro. Tune in tomorrow night for College Hockey Southwest Weekly as we are the quad pod of hockey podcasts. It's been hashtag quad pod. <laughs> Got it. <laughs>